<laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You need me to do this? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Agency Nation podcast. Marty Agatha here with Ryan Hanley, and now he's really going to start it. Well, so Marty started this episode because it took me about three tries and I still couldn't get it right. So Marty thankfully jumped in, but we're glad to be back with everyone. Uh, this is episode number eight of the show, and we have... Uh, two very specific topics that we're going to talk to you about today, two things that I think are very interesting and impacting our industry. One is actually brought to us by a young agent, actually the National Young Agent Chair, Boyd McGee from Talladega Insurance, the th- third oldest independent insurance agency in the entire country. Um, spent some time with Boyd and some of his fellow Alabama young agents a couple weeks ago, and it was a great uh Great opportunity, lots of really good conversations and questions, and he ultimately pitched me on an article that he wanted to share on Agency Nation, and we and we did that. It's called Why Young Agents Are the Key to Choosing an Agency Management System. We're going to dive into some of the points that Boyd brings up, and um, he, he his, his post was meant to be a little provocative, a little kind of eye-opening, get you kind of asking some interesting questions. Uh, it wasn't an indictment of anybody. It was more, uh, here's what's going on, here are some things that are possibly going on, and, uh, and some potential solutions, and uh, we've actually talked to Boyd about... Uh, doing a, a follow-up article, which is more solution-oriented, to kind of close the close the story, and, and I'm excited to seeing what the the next episode of uh, Boyd's story is. The other thing we're going to talk about today is relatively new topic on the uh, marketing scene, and that's live streaming video inside of social networks, specifically Periscope. And if you haven't heard of Periscope before or Meerkat, these are Uh, live streaming applications uh, for video that work inside of Twitter. So basically, you turn on your phone, you open the application, you click start, and now whatever you're doing, people on Twitter can see uh, just like you can. So it's streaming the video from your telephone directly directly to Twitter, and people can log in and watch and comment, and uh, it it sounds incredibly interesting, but I think that you'll be very surprised by our recommendation as to whether or not agents should be using this, or, or maybe you won't be surprised. But um, Marty, let, let's get right into this this article that Boyd had wrote. Um, you know, as soon as I published it, I actually emailed it over to you and I said, Marty, you got to see what Boyd put together. This is really good stuff. He brings up some good points, um, and and you made some counterpoints. Uh, you actually brought up a couple things uh, that I think really tell the dynamic between where people who have been in the industry for a long time and know the legacy of agency management systems are and maybe someone like Boyd's generation, the, the young agents coming up and kind of what they're expecting out of their agency management system. So why don't you uh, kind of set us off on this topic? Sure. So, I mean, I think before before we maybe go into the, you know, alternative view, we should at least sort of encapsulate Boyd's points. And Boyd's points primarily focus around the next generation of agency employees have grown up in the digital age, right? They are, they are complete and total digital natives. And the systems that they're interacting with were built in many instances a long time ago, and they've been you know, slowly brought forward over time. Uh, and so his, his question is, who's making the decisions inside the agency? Uh, many times that's uh, principals who may not, be fully engaged in how limiting that technology is or is perceived to be by um, by by uh, younger producers and, and CSRs. 
So um, I think I think he 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 taps into a real topic of concern here. Um, this is an issue that we have struggled with from day one, and that is, um, quite frankly, um, I believe that insurance agencies have had a red hot scream and deal on technology for years. When we look in the financial uh, in the financial industry. Uh, the typical financial organization spends somewhere around 3% of revenues every year on um, technology. And we know that independent agencies spend far less than that. So That's an um, incredible number. Not to interrupt you, but you know, when you really sit back and you think about it, 3% of revenues just on the technology to, to, to push the organization forward, that's – that that seems like a very large number to me um, from a for for a management system type uh, product, but for the financial industry. Well, sure, and so I mean, obviously, some of those numbers are skewed, right? Because we're talking about banks and we're talking about uh, investment organizations, so they are big uh, technology users, and they're and they are doing that for a lot of good reasons. But when you think about it, again, you know, and we do not. We do not monopolize our client's experience. We need to mirror their experience in other environments or else we are looked at as laggards. And so one of the challenges we have is because we don't invest that money, our vendors, our carrier partners don't bring us new capabilities as quickly because there's no money. They don't see the ROI for doing the development. You know, one of, uh, there was a comment to Boyd's article that said, you know, why isn't everybody on real time? Uh, that's an indictment both of carriers and of agents. One of the challenges we have, and, and Ryan, you and I, you know, we've, we've heard this over and over at the ACT meetings, is that carriers invest money in real time, bringing that capability to their agents, and then they sit and watch the glacial pace of agency adoption. And so the next time their agent counsel says, hey, thanks for automating, you know, homeowners now do auto, they can't get any buy-in from their senior management at the carrier because the adoption levels of the first project were so abysmal. So so we've got these challenges. So, um, and, and you know, the, the, the other thing I want to make sure that we emphasize here, because that 3%, that's technology. That doesn't include marketing. So we need to get that marketing budget to, to do some stuff too, but that's not the topic yeah, today. Hey, Marty, if I jump in here real quick, um, you know, when, when I'm listening to you talk about this and I've been at the ACT meetings and, you know, one of the things I think is really interesting about our industry is how um, I think we believe that all these vendors and people that we work with, uh, that, that they're altruistic organizations, Right, that like mm-hmm. that the agency management systems because Boyd's article in, in no way was a knock on the agency management systems. If anything, he was saying they've put these products out here and we are not adopting them. That was that was more it was more of a call to arms as, as to the technology is there. Uh, we as agents need to start believing in it or at least giving it a second look because the agency management systems are starting to make the change. But uh, what, well, you know, what I just heard you said, and, and we kind of see this in trustedchoice.com as well, is that um, 
I, I have found, and, and again, I don't like to be too, too negative on uh, this constituency that we serve and love, but sometimes it feels like we expect the organizations who provide us with products and services to be altruistic. Well, you know, uh, travelers should just completely become open API integration. Everyone should be able to quote seamlessly off their platform and they should directly integrate into Applied and QQ Solutions and Vertifor and EasyLinks and ITC. And it's like, yeah, but it, you know, you guys have to, the agents have to actually use those things when they do it. And I think a history of technology advancements that haven't gotten mass adoption, like the fact that only 19% of agents use uh, DocuSign or, or uh, e-signature, um, has shown these major vendors over and over again that they really have to be careful where they invest in future technology because it co- may cost them tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars up front to make these changes. And then if they're not getting the return on the back end, that's all lost money for them. They, they have businesses to run. Yeah, there, it, it's a it's a clear issue, and and of course, what you're describing is you know is the challenge of our industry. It's it's also the great part of our industry, right? And that is we've got this dynamic environment where new businesses are forming, and but but there isn't a common there isn't sort of a common stream that everybody moves down. Everybody makes their own decisions, and so we have sort of this hodgepodge, which makes it very difficult for there to be this mass adoption for anything. One of the, I, I guess I want to go to one of my concerns, and, and that is, even though I'm a tech guy, you're a tech guy, um, technology for just technology's sake isn't the answer, okay? And so uh, there's a thread here that somehow a cloud-based system is the end-all, be-all. I don't believe that the technology of where the servers reside is the answer. I'm certainly not going to say that a uh, you know a a system that's housed within your office that's walled off to the world is the right solution. But cloud-based or not cloud-based to me is less of an issue than does the system interact with other external systems and how easy is it to do that, right? So to me that's that's where where Boyd might have gotten a little sideways but that's a minor criticism. Uh, on the whole, I think his article's dead on. He's asking the right questions, which is at what point do we realize that there's a lot of technology out there that we could leverage? We just need to figure out how to do that. Yeah, and this is one of the things that makes the Vertifor purchase of QQ Solutions so interesting because when you look at the two organizations, traditionally, Vertifor is known as a type of company that creates enterprise-level solutions and wants to keep everything in their own ecosystem, right? They don't necessarily though, though they do I'm not I'm not knocking Vertifor in any way but their their propensity is to keep things in their ecosystem as much as possible they would rather build the product themselves than necessarily create an integration with an exterior product QQ's uh, position has always been almost completely diametrically opposed which is we're going to do our little thing as well as we possibly can and then create an open API and for those uh, who may not be familiar with that term it is essentially the the computer language that connects two systems Um, some people have very simple APIs that a lot of different systems can connect to and some are very complex and that's you don't need to know the difference there but API application programming interface yes so in that way, QQ has built integrations with things like Infusionsoft and um, 
you know, at one time when it was still relevant, Astonished Results and uh, Agency Revolution and various other players in the market, email marketing systems like MailChimp and uh, and, and other servers like contact management systems and, and all these different things, they've built those integrations where um, they're providing a and, and a lot of times these are geared more towards middle and small size agencies uh, for QQ solutions. So basically that agency can buy the nuts and bolts that are critical to an agency management system and then kind of buy a la carte these additional products as they want to attach them to their agency management system. And yep. one isn't right or wrong. I think that it really depends on your organization. And if I'm a 130 location agency, I may want everything contained in my system like Vertifor. But if I'm a 15 person shop and really I just need this one extra piece of email marketing, then I'm going to build that in. And uh, I think the, the, the real thing that Boyd was trying to do was say – because uh, I agree with your – it doesn't necessarily have to be cloud. I think what he's really trying to say is there are advanced options or are options that take us out of kind of – one of the comments – this is the best part. One of the comments is what is DOS, D-O-S? And that's funny because <laughs> most of the most of the original agencies were all written in DOS language and it's like DOS is um, you know, like you know completely defunct at this point, at least as a front-end platform. So it just uh, – yeah, I don't know. That's, that made me chuckle. So, so can I? I want to expound upon uh, your your earlier your earlier comment here. Um, some time ago, uh, I read a book um, called Coopetition, which is a funny word, right? Um, it was written by two two uh, guys from Harvard Business School. I think one's John Nailbuff. If you want to go out and try to find the book, but anyway, um, what it talks about is historically. We have always looked at other people who are in our space as competitors, okay? Um, And so we're in competition with them. And I think some of the vendors, that's the position they come from. Whereas the the purpose of this book is if if that's the only way you look at other people in your your space as, as your competition, it's going to be very hard because then you have to do everything yourself. And so you you brought up QQ as as this uh, opportunity. There's other there's other great companies out there. Um, Hawksoft, Hawksoft. And, yeah, it's, yeah. exactly. That we're, are we're, we're, we are platform agnostic here at TrustedChoice.com. We're not trying to play favorites. It just is a platform that I'm familiar with. That's why I was yep. using it as an example. That, that, and that's fine. But but those vendors, what they've said is, you know, this is a, I said earlier, this is this space is very confused in terms of there's a lot of different options. And and what, as you said, Ryan, what works in a, in a very large organization doesn't necessarily work for a smaller organization. So by having an open platform, by looking at not these other people as competitors, but as Coopetition, people you can work with, even though you're going to compete with them, right? Because I want to sell my my agency management system, not theirs. But I may need to work. My system may need to work with that system because there may be benefits that my customer ends up with. So that's sort of a different mindset that I think is neat about some of these companies. The other thing I want to address about um, because if if somebody takes away from this that Marty says that cloud is not good, that's the last thing I want to leave somebody with. Uh, one of the big benefits of, of, of getting a cloud-based system is much, if not all, of the security is being done by the vendor in their 
rack space. Okay, so huge potential. We've seen this over and over. You know, every day you open the paper and or go online and you see something about another security breach, right? I don't think any of our listeners wants to be that business that's on the front page uh, above the fold talking about how their customer data has been leaked out to hackers somewhere. So the fact that you're in a cloud-based environment, you're getting a ton of security that's being done by the vendor on your behalf. Yeah, I mean, just think about this, right? Like, you have all this data. Can you... Do you, re- do you really believe that it is more secure sitting in a single server blade in a rack in your office manager's closet or or Amazon, right? So, like, it, it, which one of those servers is actually more secure? Um, if someone really wanted to come after your stuff, the, the, the vast majority of independent insurance agencies do not have – both the physical or the virtual security in place to really defend themselves against someone getting that information. And this brings up another additional point, and that's independent insurance agencies, we sell cyber liability, but how many of us actually have cyber liability? I know TrustedChoice.com has a cyber liability policy, and the reason being is that if somebody does get in, even if it is in Amazon or, or Rackspace or, or some other vendor, um, you know, even if your data is in one of those places, they're still going to come after us, right? We know that, right? We know that because we sell cyber liability, yet, yet we, we hesitate to click on the button click on the button we hesitate to buy you can tell where my brain is marty (laughs) everything should be by online no please please don't quote me in saying that um uh, we hesitate to to purchase cyber liability so uh just things to consider guys i i can i can i can i give a shout out for one second okay um we've mentioned uh acts the agents council for technology a couple of times on on the uh podcast already. ACT has just released a great, uh, the working group chaired by my buddy Steve Aronson has just released a paper for you that's all about digital security for your agency. So if you have not downloaded that that resource, go to IIABA.net and download that that uh, report because it's going to help you with security in your agency in all sorts of ways. That's a really good point, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and ACT has tons of resources like this. If you, if you have questions about um, uh, digital signature, e-signature, they have resources on that. If you have questions about uh, whether your whether your uh, agency management system should be cloud-based or in your office, right? They have they have resources on that. Uh, you know, ACT is a very good partner of ours. We, we get no money for promoting them, but uh, what Romberg does with his team, with Jim Armitage as the, as the chair of that group from California, uh, they do an incredible job. They have lots of resources. And, and because of our, our propensity towards technology, we like to make uh, everyone who listens to this available uh, or uh, aware of the availability of these resources as well. So, um, I think we've kind of beat this topic up enough. I encourage everyone to go to Agency Nation and read Boyd's article. You're going to love this. Um, at some point in the future, Boyd's going to uh, do a follow-up article and really dive into what he believes are the solutions. He asked a lot of questions in this one, and I think the next article is going to be great. And um, 
Uh, come back, read those articles, and leave us leave us your thoughts and feelings. You can either do them comment section for this podcast or leave them right on Boyd's article, and we can keep the conversation going. There've been lots of great comments already. So, uh, with that, Marty, I wanna I wanna roll our conversation over, and just for a brief few minutes, I wanna talk about the idea of live streaming video and how I am against, I am wholeheartedly against agencies getting caught up in the live streaming uh, revolution. Today, I'm not saying I don't believe in live streaming as a trend for the future, but today I think it's a rabbit hole and I don't want agencies to go down it. Live streaming video. Live streaming video, yes, live streaming video. So Periscope is a app for your phone, for your for your cell phone, and basically what it does is it, it Integrates with Twitter. It actually was created by Twitter, and it allows you to live stream video from anywhere. So all you need to do is turn it on, turn the feed on, and you have uh, a direct feed out into uh, the Twitterverse. So basically, anyone who's connected with you on Twitter now um, can can come in and watch your live streaming video and and be, ask questions. And there's a lot of kind of functionality to it. But essentially, the the concept is. And the question I have for you, Marty, is where do you think agents could build a live streaming tool into their workflow that could actually be uh, of value and not just kind of um, like a catchy kind of cachet thing to do? Like, um, you know, where, where do you think there's actual value in a tool like this? Sure. I, so, so first, I... I think that there's all sorts of opportunities to use a live streaming video tool in your agency. Um, however, I don't think it's the first it's a first blush solution, and I don't think it's the it's the go-to thing that every agency that says, geez, we need to up our social game, so let's go to live streaming video. Um Remember when Twitter first came out and and the everybody was experimenting and many people thought Twitter was the place to to, to describe what you were having for lunch or you know what you were going to be doing that night and it turns out you know for the most part that's of interest to your close personal friends and maybe not even so much to them but it certainly isn't of any interest to business customers. Um, and those occasional acquaintances that we meet in the social sphere. So I think there's a real danger that if you just jump into this live streaming video thing without giving it a lot of forethought, you're going to be generating a lot of content that does absolutely nothing and attracts no viewers. Yeah, that's the thing. So my, my idea with Periscope is, I, so one of the ideas that I've kind of pushed around with is is like, like an office hours almost. And I, and I don't think, I think this is like all secondary media for insurance agents. Actually, uh, I had, um, I was in Alabama and we talked about that a little earlier. That's where kind of the, the article with Boyd came out uh, from. And uh, one of the agents there asked me or said to me, Ryan, I, I mentioned podcasting. I don't usually talk about it in my talks because it's kind of a, a 201 or even 301 level thing uh, for, for most insurance agents who are just kind of getting their digital presence off the ground. But I mentioned podcasting and he said, Ryan, I've been wanting to start a local community podcast for a long time. Not talk about insurance, but just talk about the issues impacting our, our small town. I think the town that he's in had about 20,000 people. So it was 
you know, easier for him to manage, kind of understanding all the issues impacting that town. And, and, and he wanted to be a guy that people looked to as someone who kind of knew what was going on. That, to me, is the type of use uh, that you could also get out of something like this live streaming, where every day at noon, you could dial up your live stream and discuss one major issue that's going on in local sports or local news or local politics or uh, whatever your interest is. You could do a, a live fly fishing tie, sh- you know, fly tie showing uh, show. Wow, I butchered that. Uh, and, you know, with the whole concept of being, if people see that you're an expert in this other thing that's actually interesting to them, then when you do have something relevant to talk about, in uh around insurance they're going to listen to you and with all these you could always a very easy way to add a call to action to your insurance business is uh just remember everyone that uh today's uh live stream is brought to you by you know the jones insurance agency and i gotta tell you for all the jones insurance agencies that exist in america you get a lot of plugs from me so i should actually start getting (laughs) i should actually start getting royalty checks from this but you know um so here's what I, here's what I was going to say. And, 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 you know, Ryan, I think, um, because we do it all the time, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to downplay the amount of effort that, that developing regularly scheduled content, how, how difficult that can be. So I was going to try with, you know, maybe not the 501 version, you know, the graduate school level. How about just the 401, you know, if, if, we're, if that's what we're saying, because I think video streaming is a 401 topic. But, you know, we've got a mutual friend, Claudia McLean, uh, runs, a, runs a, a very innovative agency out on the West Coast. And one of the things that they do every year is they have a um, – uh, recycling, you know, electronics recycling program. So they advertise it in the community. They set up a shop, and I'm making this all up, but hopefully it's pretty close to true, in the local big box store parking lot. Everybody brings their old computer monitors and TVs and, and computers, and then um, the agency makes sure that that stuff is uh, disposed of properly, right, because there's toxic chemicals and, and whatnot in all these electronics. So... I'm not sure that a live stream of the day long's activity would get a lot of viewers, but if you scheduled the, Hey, we're going to do the tally and figure out how many pounds of toxic stuff we cleaned up at the end of the day at 4:30 PM. And you ran a 10 minute little segment for that one, you know, um, consumer local socially, uh, focused event that your agency is sponsoring. I think that'd be a great use of the technology. Yeah, that's the thing is I, we need to look beyond all of our content being just insurance related into the other things that we do. And where live streaming becomes very powerful is, uh, is anything that's backstage or, uh, you know, let, let's say you're actually at the thing, right? So you've, you've scheduled it for Monday starting at 9 p.m. And after the first hour, you pop open your live streaming app on Periscope and say, hey guys, I just want to show you, look at all the activity that's going on down here. If you haven't had a chance, make sure you bring your electronics or your recyclable or whatever thing you're looking for down and and you can actually show people, here's what's happening in this moment. And if you want to be part of this, um, one, you can take part of it because you're seeing it live or two, you can come down and be part of it. Uh, I do think that th- that's where the opportunity lies. There, there can be kind of episodic uh uh, shows that you could put together, but I think for a lot of agents, the the cool part will be um, 
or, or, or valuable part, cool and valuable, will be setting the, the expectation that you're willing to use this platform, one, so you can maybe do one or two from your office and get a feel for it, and two, uh, then uh, just making use of it while you're out and about. And you could do things like, you know, you're at one of your favorite clients, you could stop by and do a quick show with them there. Again, these don't have to be 20, 30 minute things. These can be quick five minute open. Hey, does anyone have a question about uh, how to cook the best blueberry muffins in town? I'm here at Sally Sue's uh, Bakery and and uh, and she's giving out tips today on uh, how to make uh, great blueberry muffins or something. And, and she now you're doing a great thing for your client. And, and again, you have to think about this as a content creator and you have to think about it from the standpoint of, of uh, it working into what you do every day. I know that this kind of stuff seems a little advanced. Um, I, have, I haven't been always on the Periscope train, but I've had a chance to use it a couple times. And I think that it does have a lot of value. Um, you just got to figure out what it is and test and play with it. And I just want people's eyes to be open to these new kinds of things that are coming. Um, but, but Marty, I know uh, I want to keep this to a, a relatively... Uh, a relatively short amount of time as much as we can. So uh, any final thoughts on live streaming Periscope before we wrap up? Like all new technologies, start slow, experiment, find what works, discard what doesn't. Guys, it has been our pleasure as always. Uh, Make sure that you're visiting Agency Nation. If you're not subscribed on iTunes, please go there. Just search Agency Nation on iTunes. You'll find this show. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. That's how we reach more people. We appreciate all your great comments and the emails that we get. It's absolutely fantastic. If you have a question around digital marketing or sales in the insurance industry that you'd like to be included on a future episode, please let us know. And uh, just like Boyd, if you have great content that you would like to share on our platform, You can always email me, ryan.hanley at trustedchoice.com, and I'd be happy to talk to you about uh, becoming a contributor. We're always looking for great new voices in the industry, and uh, Agency Nation's an open platform, so uh, we're looking for all voices that want to help move the conversation forward. Marty, it's been my pleasure as always, man. Out.